This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Ferd Neiman. Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Ferd Neiman here again today with another episode of the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of buying and owning a small mobile home park. I was looking at a smaller park recently and was analyzing some of this for myself, so I figured I might as well share it with you guys. What's a small park? Well, I mean, it's pretty subjective to some some degree, but I think we'd all agree that 10 units is pretty small. Um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac generally would say anything under 50 is, quote, small, and it's not eligible for agency finance. So that's one of the cons of a small park is it's harder to get agency debt, and then sometimes a conduit in CMBS also harder. Um, but you may say, you know, 45, 46, uh, that's not small. Uh, we're like, you know, two, three, four, clearly small. I think the definition of a mobile home park or manufactured housing community is it's got two or more, right? So it's two or more units. So that's small. I don't know. Play up, play up a year for yourself. It may depend on the, the valuation. I mean, there's a 25-pad park in California that's probably worth several million dollars, right? So small may not be an economic number, but it's a unit size. I think these pros and cons are going to carry over based on the number of, count, number of lots. So here we go. Some of the cons, um, it's harder to exit, um, harder to refinance, because not many people typically will want a 20-pad park, for example. If you have a 51-pad park, almost everybody wants it. you got a 101, almost everybody wants it. So another con is you don't get the economies of scale, and it's harder to you know hire labor, for example, because you know if, if I've got 30 park-owned homes, I can have a full-time maintenance guy, but if I've got one, I don't have a full-time maintenance guy. Well, now I got to call Joe the plumber or call a professional plumber. Well, they're not as responsive; they're more expensive. Um, you've got a lot of fixed cost. The park I'm looking at right now, it's only 18 pads, and it's, it's in a park where I already own uh, 90. Another market already on 90s, like, well, I, I can just bolt this one on. I've got already got management and maintenance nearby. I'll only just grab 18 more. But the reality is, you know, whether you got 18 or in a unit park or you've got only nine occupied of the 18, you got some fixed costs. Like, it costs the same to push the snow um, based on linear feet of street. It costs the same for taxes if it's 9 out of 18. That's what this one is, versus 18 out of 18. So you've got some of the same fixed costs. you got some of the same fixed cost of due diligence. I mean, you still got to drive or fly to get there. You still got to pay for a phase one environmental. A phase one's going to cost you two grand, whether the park is 20 or 120. Um, you know, survey, costs like that, title work, legal fees, others' DD effort is going to really gobble up a smaller park a lot harder. So that's um, one challenge. Typically, it's harder to get bank loans on smaller parks. Really, anything under 500000 alone is a lot tougher. Under a million is also can be tough. You're going to have to go with local bank, recourse debt. If you want to get in the program with 21st Mortgage, uh, for example, it's going to be harder if you have less than 10 vacant pads or less than 50 pads. So just in general, the banking is, is going to be a little worse. So those are some of the, the initial cons. Uh, some of the pros, some of the inverses of those is because you can't get bank debt, maybe you can afford to pay it cash because it's a cheaper deal. Maybe you can get seller carry. 
in general, a smaller park is going to cost less, so it'd be cheaper, uh, require less cash. It may be a nice trial park, depending on where you're at financially. Um, so it might be a, a good starter park. It's generally going to be easier to manage. Um, a con is you're not going to afford to hire a full-time manager, so you're looking at a park greeter or yourself. A park greeter is going to be less, typically be less skilled than a manager. One of the pros, though, it would be it's easier to find these, and you can find them at a higher cap rate, which can mean a higher yield um, because you've got less competition, frankly. One thing you can do as well is you can kind of bundle these together. I own two 46-unit parks in a city in central Missouri that, you know, large metro, good metro. Like, okay, I got less than 50 pads, but I have two of them. And I don't have investors in them, so they're, they happen to have the same ownership group, which means I can later on get an agency. These deals are in rehab mode, uh, infill value-add mode. But when I'm done with them, probably 18 months to 24 months from now, I'll be able to package those as a, quote, scattered site under Fannie Mae and put them in uh, the same loan package with joint collateral. I can have the same manager. Um, obviously, they're, you know, they're close to one another. So there is some opportunity there um, with the bundles. That could be a pro. You can buy them at a cheaper value and then bundle them and, and kind of get the 2 plus 2 equals 5 synergy. Uh, in general, I would say a smaller park is probably be a little easier to get the zoning on and get, get, a, get a satisfactory zoning letter because it's probably not that big a town or it's not that big a thorn to the city or town. So it might be easier there. It's not a guarantee, you know, like, you know, some of these things are more likely than that, but it's but I'd, I would bet on it, I guess. In general, you have less tenants, so probably less headaches. Um, but, you know, one bad tenant's worth 100 good tenants as far as headache. So there's some of that. Um, and, but in general, you have less park-owned homes, less CapEx needs. But if you do have a park on home that goes goes vacant or needs heavy renovation or you have a major cap issue, capex issue like a sewer replacement, well, it's going to sting more because it's going to be a bigger percentage uh, of the total deal. So that could be that's kind of your, the reverse of there if your economies of scales you don't have economies of scale. Um, but gross dollars, if you have to fix the sewer line at a 20 pad park, it's probably going to be a lot less than fixing the whole sewer at a 200 pad park. Uh, this one, last one's kind of a pro or con. It's, you could be more personal. Like, you know, you could go, you could know all the tenants by name. You could, you know, you know get to know them, walk the park. Some people say, that's great. I really know this community. Some people say, I don't want to know this community. I want to be this outer town manager that no one bucks. Um, you know, so, you know, by, that just comes with a lot of with managing it yourself, too. I mean, when you're in a smaller park, you'll probably manage yourself. So the pro is you get to learn the business. The con is just everything that you would normally want with scaling is a little harder to reach. You know, if you're going to get a property management software, uh, like a rent manager or a building on Rapfolio or something, well, that's going to um, be a little more expensive. You're not going to be able to have your accounting department or HR department. You're not going to have a riding lawnmower you can share between parks, um, things like that. So in general, um, I've bought some small parks. I've bought as small as 16. And I've bought a couple parks, other parks, I bought an 18, uh, 36, a couple 46, several in the 50s. I think, I think when you're, in my opinion, once you get to 50, you're not small because your agency good. I mean, I even think once you get over 40, it's pretty solid. I've got a 20-pad park in Des Moines. I gave a podcast on that that, you know, we bought it stupid cheap. You know, we added 
ton of value in short order. So I, I you know, and it wasn't competitive, um, frankly, because not a lot of people want to buy a 20 pad park, or they're not looking for them. Some of these bigger players are pretty rigid, and they say nothing less than 100 or nothing less than 50. And to them, you know, 99 is way worse than 101. To me, they're about the same, 2% um, off or something. So I like small parks um, for some reasons, like you can, you can get them a lot cheaper, you can push a higher yield, they're a lot easier to find. But you know, it is harder to you know, have efficiencies in management. So you just got to take, take the good with the bad. Um, part, and then the, you know, part of this depends on where they're located, and the market area, et cetera. But uh, I wouldn't shy away from a deal just because it's 20 pads. And uh, just recognize eyes wide open when you're going in. Till next time, thanks and God bless. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review, and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.